Suave afternoon, suave afternoon, suave afternoon. This is Brother Suave, your mind blowing, thought provoking, and eye opening on air personality, life coach, psychotherapist, author, and creator. Hope you guys have a nice suave of the day. Yeah, and with that, let's commence the pay. Okay, I'm so swabulous, you so swabulous. Together we can fix the trauma that's befalling us. Divine social interactions remains marvelous. Mind blowing, swabulous, talk higher consciousness. But think, let not your hearts be troubled, Dr. Brother Suave. Divine light, get you done. Welcome to another episode of social therapy. My name is Brother Wali, your good brother, Dr. Suave R. Walker, is handling some personal business. And we know that business is gonna be handled. And I, one of his good brothers, on the path towards elevating your consciousness, will be here filling in with you for the divine mind-blowing and thought-provoking social therapy commentary that we're going to have today. It's been an enjoyable week for the most part, some challenges. A lot of you know that are out there, but we do have a special guest. This being May Mental Health Month, I think a lot of us, all of us, need to be aware of the conversations that you hear abroad, locally, and of course on this show to see what you can do to affect change when it comes to that area. In this episode tonight, the special guest is a brother that Dr. Suave R. Walker has known and thought it would be a good informational piece to bring him on. I want to give you a little bit of background about this brother and let him tell the rest on the journey that he's making towards making the changes necessary in the world of not only mental health, but mentorship locally and abroad. Based on the information, Mr. Christopher Timothy Fowler is the president and executive director of Boys to Men Foundation. Christopher was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, and a graduate of Medgar Ever College with a BA in elementary education in 1995. As a young male, Christopher, would always strive to bring people of all walks of life together in his walks. Upon graduating from Meg Evers, he began a career in the educational system and has played an integral role in the lives of young people ever since. Now this good brother has been a pre-K teacher for nearly 30 years. Back in his hometown in New York, he first noticed the much needed presence of positive male role models in the underprivileged communities, and it was non-existent. Now, there's a lot he has going on, and I want to give him some time to tell you, but based on what I know, Dr. Brother Suavar Walker met this brother when he was in Charlotte, and he didn't know anybody else, and he said he found somebody that was into mentorship like him, and he said it had to be a kindred spirit to bring this brother into his life. Now with his business venture, Boys to Men, and I want you to understand what that means. Raising boys to be men is an integral part of mentorship. Now his quest for counseling young teens through programs like Big Brother and Big Sisters of America 
he was a big brother himself for over five years and in the WYMCA where he continues to be active today. I want this brother to come on and we're going to share some thoughts and theories on how we can improve each other's own quest towards mentorship and see how it can help you affect the change in your life. Coming to the airwaves, this good brother, Christopher Timothy Fowler. Welcome to the show, my brother. Yes, we are waiting for him to come on. Again, we are going live with Dr. Timothy well, good brother, Christopher Timothy Fowler. Again, family, do hold on. I am sure good brother in the background, our technical expert, Sheldon, is making sure that we all will be seen and heard. So do not leave the airwaves. We will come back. We will make sure that you get the full breadth of the show. Please be patient uh, in the area of television, radio, any type of production you do, these things can happen. So please stand by as we will come through with the audio and visual of the show. Again, if Sheldon is anything you need to do, if you need to contact me, I'm right here. Hopefully we can make this happen. And uh, personally, it's showing me in the show, and I am seven minutes, 24 seconds in. Um, let me just say this, family, on behalf of mental health, if we can do know this, as we are now at 837, um, if anybody has any challenges out there, when you hear these, this program back yourself, please be advised, please be aware. If you have anybody that you know has a mental health challenge, especially in the wake of what has happened, not only in Buffalo over 10 days ago, what has happened recently in Uvalde, Texas, where 19 children have been murdered and two adults and a whole host of other shootings over the course of this history in this country, I would advise that you tell somebody, talk to somebody, seek out help. There's no such thing as snitches. If you know somebody's carrying an assault rifle, any type of weapon, even if it's not an assault rifle, if you know somebody's in a position to do somebody harm, say something to somebody somehow, somewhere. Make sure it's evident, it's known. Make sure the people in power whatever you perceive power to be to you. And I'm talking about communication. Communication is key in power. You are powerless if you are not speaking and somebody's being affected. I'm saying that to you over the air while we're waiting for our good brother to come on. You are oh. powerless. There we go. Hey. Are you with me? Oh, well, oh. 
Thank you, thank you. Thank Technical you. difficult. I was holding it down. Hey, you was holding it down. She was holding it down. Yes. You. Did you hear my good introduction about you, brother? I was about to tell you, listen, that was a uh, Oscar Award type introduction, you know, minus the slap. But I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Did I miss? Yeah, I got you, minus the slap. That's a mental <laughs> illness case, too, that hopefully Brother Will is seeking some help on. He got inner anger issues that may need to be uplifted and taken to another level because I did a program called What If? I also do a podcast. When I said, what if this brother really got problems? Y'all clowning him and thinking that that slap is just something he premeditated. He yeah. had a moment. And anybody that has any physical altercation with anybody, road raids, a slap, shootings, which we'll get into, we got to discuss what was dormant in you that came out at the inappropriate time. But everything Absolutely. I said about you, yeah, Absolutely. everything I said about you, brother, and you being a few years my junior, I'm, I'm interested in what made you go into the Boys to Men mm -hmm. program mm -hmm. as a vehicle for learning for young people, because that's one of my passions, too, because we have a lack of men, especially in the black community, to help black men grow into the men they need to be. Well, well, like you said, it's about that mental. And yeah. being from Brooklyn, I used to get in some things. We used to get in a, a, a lot of things. I used to be in them streets. But there wow. was an incident that happened to me. And um, I'm the oldest seven. Um, we lived in a two-bedroom apartment in East New York. Mm -hmm. And um, there's something that happened. You know, we used to um, hang out, out at a friend's house to watch the football game and stuff like that. So this one time, I was watching the game. And one of the drug dealers was clowning me because wow. I just got back my first year in college. So they, they was clowning me. And me being who I still has a temper, we got in a fight. So with this fight, one of his, um, one of the drug dealers, one of his runners stabbed me two times in my back. Wow. So one of my friends that was there, um, put me in his car and drove me to Brookdale Hospital where um, I was um, put a tube down my nose. I had collapsed lung and um, I was in the hospital for two weeks. Um, so when I got out the hospital, I got my strength back. I was in there for two weeks, but after another two weeks, I got my strength back. But I I was mentally, I was, I was angry, brother. Mm. I was angry. So I was walking around the street carrying a gun. And I was looking for the person who I knew that stabbed me. And this one day, it had to be a, it, was, it was in the evening. I was, I was under the L train. And um, I saw him. Mm. I saw him. So I ran up behind him. I, put, I, had, I had my gun out. Went behind him and I pulled the trigger and it jammed. Wow. The guy turned around and it wasn't him. It wasn't him. So I wiped off that gun and put it in the mailbox. And that was over 30 years ago. And I never touched another gun after that. Moved to Charlotte and a friend of mine's 
D'Angelo Robinson said, Mr. Fowler, all the boys gravitates to you. So came up with a program that we had thought about together. And it started out with two boys, two boys in the school at uh, Moorhead. The two boys became five and five became 10 and 10 became 20. So we had started the Boys and Men Foundation. Um, it wasn't a nonprofit, but it's been a nonprofit now for over 12 years. Here in Charlotte. Wow. Yes, sir. God is you, good, brother. When I say that, I meant the God in you. Yes. For first of all, recognizing you could have killed the wrong man, brother. Yeah. I wouldn't That's be. What I, we call that divine intervention by the gun jamming. Yes. You understand what I mean? Like, I've never been in that position. I, You know, I grew up in the Bronx. We got that kindred spirit. Yeah. Um, what part of Brooklyn again, bro? East New York. East New York. Okay. So that's not far from Brevoort Projects and all of that. Yeah. I got this saying. You know, a police officer pull you over for speeding, and mm -hmm. he got a call. And you had your gun in your car. And he didn't put any, he, the call made him forget about you. He had to go somewhere else. So some people might call that a get over. I call that a do over. Mm -hmm. I got a do over. I had an opportunity to do something over instead of being as a get over. Do the right thing. Yes, sir. So I, I, I'm not getting over from not shooting him. God gave me a do over. So, my do-over is when I came into Charlotte to start the Boys to Men program. We had about over 3,500 boys that came through our program over these past 12 years. Over 3,500 boys. We have boys that I just went to a graduation party this past Saturday. I have boys that's in Livingstone um, College and it's just amazing. We got Winston-Salem. We have A&T that we have young men in these universities and colleges. Like I said, we don't get opportunities like this often. So when you get that get over, don't treat like a get over. So I treat this opportunity as a blessing that it helps me mentally. When I come to a session, I talk and talk and talk about what I have done and what I have been through and the, the, the feelings that these boys give me when I'm at a mentoring session. It's a blessing. So I was going to ask you what was the pivotal point to make you carry on with this. You just gave it to me, having to not shoot somebody, but now giving back to the life of young men. One of the things I just thought about when you said that, is there a percentage of these men who don't have black role model fathers in their life? Because that's a key issue to me. If you don't have a black male role model, I take it you have children, brother? Yes, yes. I have sons and daughters They're in their 30s. And I had good male mentorship in the 70s, right? I had a coach, martial art trainer, people who looked out for me. And I had a stepfather in the home, right? But I seen a lot of young men who didn't have that. And when you look at the history of them now, some of them turned out all right. I know a lot of them who were angry young men. So I think your 
working with them, seeing you as a father figure. I could say a lot of them see you as an uncle or father figure, right? Yes, yes, yeah. And we have, it's 90%, it's a little over 90% of the boys in our program that does not have a father in the household. Mm. 90%, 90%. And right now, currently, we have, like, yeah, we have 125 boys in the program. Whoa. So it's a it's a very very high number, and the beautiful thing is, like um, Brother Suave and the other fifteen mentors, we have some wonderful, wonderful men that take their time and their expertise, and they sow into the boys in the program. I'm just so honored. Go. Yes, I'm so honored to have these um, these men in the program. They. Do not we do not get paid for this. And these young and these men do such a wonderful job. I create a curriculum of life skills, of anger management and workforce workforce development that is instilled into these boys weekly. We meet weekly. We do not meet once a month, once every other month. We meet every week um, um, with these young men. Now, let me ask you this. Now, it is very key, and I appreciate you talking about men, and we're going to get into what's going on in the country in a minute. But I wonder how these men, because my target audience was 13 to 21 when I was more active than I am now. I'm training two guys in the martial arts, 35 and 28. But the 13 to 21-year-olds, that key age where your brain hasn't fully developed, puberty has run amok, you're experimenting sexually, how is their relationships, if any, with the women in their life? Not only their mother, but any potential girlfriends and how they see the relationship with women. Because I think a lot of the anger and child support and dysfunctional children, parent relationships come from what they saw, how men dealt with women in their homes or how they was taught to deal with women from their peers outside. How does that reflect in your mentorship telling them how to deal with uh, the opposite sex in the journey towards either marriage or long-term relationships? Well, we we go from nine to 17. So mm. we do talk about puberty. Right. We do have open dialogue about wet dreams and mm. the difference of, um, you know, love man and woman and love that you see in a, in a porn video. So, and back in the days when you Google sex, it will block it. it right. you just see. So now you put sex, it, all these different video sites come on. 11-year-olds so, are watching it. Yes, that 11-year-olds are watching. And we let them know that, you know, they're actors. You know, they, they're not showing love. They're not showing any type of affection that is genuine. So we actually have a classes um, with the boys in the program. Now, the older ones, you know, they, there's some that's having sex and, you know, we, we discuss, um, you know, treatment um, of, of a woman and young lady. Um, these boys had going to the prom, you know, um, suits. We have how to tie a tie and open the doors and paying those bills and things like that. But it, it's really the dialogue that you have with the girl, the communication. How do you communicate um, if you have a disagreement or you 
throwing something? Are you putting your hands on them? So those things we talk about because you, you, you're going to jail. And we make sure we, we emphasize that there's things that, you know, things you need to do. And the first thing you do is if you feel like it's, you're in a situation you can't handle, just walk away. Walk away and call one of us. So all the boys have our numbers. So if they have an incident or situation, um, and one of our boys had a, um, a situation at East, East Carolina, you know, and he contacted me two o'clock in the morning. And I already knew that if he's contacting me this late at, late at night, it's a problem. And he was that, ready to do something. Yeah. And that's what we're here for. If you have that person that you can reach out at two in the morning, that that that's that's a life-saving uh, um, um, person that you have there. And that's what happened, not just once, but it's been many times. Many times how a child had a gun and he called me. And I went to the west side of Charlotte and I had to talk him out of something. So this happens more than once. And that's what we're here for. You're there before the police, which is good. Because if somebody called the police, do we need to talk about the history of a police showing up at a young black man's residence or the streets. He's yeah. in a very dire situation, aggressive. He's going to get shot. He ain't yeah. going to get talked to like you would do. And I think uh, Jim Brown's a mayor I can. I think you're familiar with that program. Yeah. Uh, you sound similar like what you're doing, what he did for years in California with the Crips and the Bloods. And I got personal situation. I won't divulge on the air because I'd have to get deep with it. I have a family member that got involved in gang activity and uh, I reached out to him and, and of course he's listening now, but he had to go through an adverse situation to do that. My position to you is uh, before we go to a break and, and when we come on the other side, we're really going to get deep what was going on in the country. My position to you as a young mentor who could identify with younger people, because I've had people tell me as an OG in his 60s, hey, I hear you, OG, but you don't know what we're going through. Yeah. And I have to walk him backwards and go, wait, before there was a lot of guns and there were drugs, there was cocaine, there was heroin, there was robberies. Yeah. I seen it. I listened to OGs tell me about the 40s and 50s when I didn't think they understood where I was coming from in the 70s. So when they sat me down and walked me through what gang activity on a different level happened in the 50s. It was more localized. It wasn't nationalized with colors like this. Yes. But it was gangs nonetheless, but it was more respectful, if you could say that, meaning yeah. we're going to do it up with the hands, maybe yeah. a garbage can type, we're going to rumble in and, the park. And you stay in your area. This is your right. area. This is your block. These, these two or three square blocks is yours, and this area is mine. That's it. Respect the game. If it's a gang, mm -hmm. respect me. If you come through here, we got to know why you have a gang mentality. Yeah. And gangs, the police are gangs, certain fraternities are gangs, if done wrong. Yeah. Meaning, if you hate somebody else and you don't think they're worthy of your stature, you'll gang up mentally against them. I don't like their colors. I don't like the way they look. I don't like they got money. I don't. See, when you go against somebody, in my perception, coming up, you now have a gang mentality because the other person 
if he don't have the numbers, he's helpless against the other guys who think like you to say, let's go against him, take him off, beat him up, clown him. Now with social media, you gang up on people and put their name out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Now this person is a victim of something he never did or she never did. So I think your program is teaching them how to be men because ongoing, when they become seniors and elders to me, they could look back like you're looking back on your life, brother. And you're mm -hmm. saying, you know what? Here's the mistake I could have made. And that story you got, you tell somebody what you could have done, not only spiritually that could have destroyed you, but could have gave you a record. It would, I would hope it gives them cause for pause to say, wait a minute, why am I so angry yes. about something? And I'm sure that guy who did do what he did to you, karmatically, spiritually, I'm not wishing it on him, but he's something dead. may have made him turn a life around to be better. Brother Wale, he's, he's dead. He's, he died in jail. Somebody somebody did to him what he did to me. Wow, see, that's unfortunate karma, happened. brother. And this happened a year before last. So a lot of things that um, the young men in the program, some of the things that their responses are, are they, they fearful of their life. From police, mm. they scare that um, something's going to happen to them, either in their community or getting pulled over by a police officer. Now, these things that we have to tell them, as young black brothers, when you're in a car, we we know our counterparts don't have to tell a fourteen and fifteen year olds um, don't move if a police car come behind us, don't sneeze. Because we don't want the police officers to think you have something. Don't talk back because we don't want them to feel like they are being, um, we're trying to take their power away. So these are the things that these young boys in the program discuss in our sessions that they're fearful of being pulled over or having a run in with a police officer. They feel like we have. A few boys in my program, that's about six feet tall, 250 pounds. They're big, but they're the sweetest guys. But if you see them in the street, people move away or they're in a supermarket and or in, or in um, the mall, people move out their way. And Mike, Mike Brown. Remember Mike Brown Ferguson? Yes, He sir. was big. He was a gentle giant, but it cost him his life because he looked intimidating. Yeah. So... Um, and I told them, I don't want you to look down at the ground. You look right in their eyes. Mm -hmm. Because that's what they want. You know, people want you to bow down to them. And when you walk by them, look in the sky. No, 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 no. We don't do that. I, you got to make sure you stand up straight. You look them in the eyes. Because you're not a threat. You're not a threat. Okay? So um, those are some of the things building self-esteem with these boys. We have boys that have IEPs, they're in special needs classes, and just because of behavior, not because of intelligence. They are every last one of these boys in the program are intelligent. It's just yeah. we build that self-esteem to bring out that intelligence and that confidence so that we can know and that they can speak and not fight. If you have a problem, use your words. So those are the things that we try to teach them how to use your words instead of your fist. Your most lethal weapon is your mind. Remember that T-shirt? Yes. Your yes. lethal weapon is your mind, how to use words, how to 
respect proximity, distance, how when you're looking in the eye, you don't seem like you're going to make a move. You know about Brooklyn and the Bronx. You get to drop on somebody and then they feel, uh-oh, let me pull mine. So you can look at somebody's eye and say, bro, we don't have to do this. And yeah. you know what, brother, you and I, I, I already think are going to collaborate in the future. Oh, yeah. But what I want to do is go to a quick break. Uh, again, you're listening to good brother Christopher Timothy Fowler and me, Brother Wally, on social therapy on behalf of Dr. Brother Suavar Walker. We're going to take a quick break. And of course, we'll be right back on the other side. Tell your people to know we're here for you, too. Programs like this are made possible by Neighborhood Planet Broadcasting Systems, Neighborhood Planet Network, iBlister Digital Media Creative, and from contributions to NPN TV from viewers like you. Thank you. What's up, everyone? I'm Brandy the Disconnector, wife, show host, entrepreneur, investor, and ICS certified life coach, here to tell you that I'm on NPN TV, the network that is by us and for us. Lock in and let's get it. session of social therapy with our special guest brother christopher timothy follow i can call you tim right tim you call me tim call me tim. yeah i think that's how uh the good brother wanted to make sure you were dressed and unless you guys don't watch tv unless you really turn your radar off unless you just took a break from any communications at all you know what happened over the last two weeks in this country Yesterday's mass shooting of 19 children and two adults and 10 days earlier, 10 adults, mostly over 40 in Buffalo. And then we can go back to what happened in New York three weeks ago on the train. You already know about that. So we're talking about within a month, there are three different people, obviously, who has mental problems that had to take it out with a gun mass shootings. What changes do you think, my brother, knowing that you deal with mentorship, knowing that somebody who didn't have a brother like you or me or anybody to reach out to, they're going to go wild in the streets. And this guy yesterday got taken out. They didn't yeah. kill Frank James, the brother with the gun. Yeah. They didn't kill the white boy last week, but they took out the, the, the Latino guy who killed them children. They, they murked him. Mm-hmm. What do you think the changes should be, if any, that could be viable towards helping people through crises before they pull the trigger. 
Well, first, um, the public school system is such an overload for school counselors and mm. social workers. That's so, especially, and I mean all schools. I don't care you're a Title I school or you're a predominantly white school with, you know, salaries ranging for 200000 and up. It doesn't make a difference. That's first and foremost. And right. the workload is strenuous for social workers and school counselors. That's where programs like the Big Brothers and Big Sisters, like 100 Black Men, like Boys and Men Foundation, there needs to be programs in every school, every school um, for programs like ours. It needs to be a program for girls. It needs to be a program for boys, not entwined. It needs to be separate programs inside every school. If they won't want the mentoring programs in schools, then each school better have a police officer assigned to each school. Mm. Um, if we could spend billions of dollars for war, you can spend a billion dollars to protect these children and these young adults from elementary to high school. So until we come to that, we're going to have to go to the next extreme. I didn't think I was going to wear masks. We'll get that in a minute. There's a slight glitch. Hold on, brother Tim. I'm with you. If you can hear my voice. Your screen froze, so uh, you may want to tap your screen, brother. And where were we going to get it together, family? You know, th these things happen. Give me a high side when you on, good brother Tim. But he was saying something to the effect. There you go, brother. Yep. Temporary yep. glitch. We got you that's back. All right. That's all right. Listen, this technology, that's what I'm talking about. You got to keep it We're moving. We're too powerful. They trying yeah. to stop the power. They right. can't stop, stop the power. They're trying to stop it. So as a teacher, I can't tell you the fear and what I would do if somebody had to come in um, into my classroom or into the school and I had to defend 18 um, five-year-olds. Mm. I don't want to be the one. I can hightail it out of there if I wanted to. Um, You're not a coward, that. brother. You're so not a coward. Happen. Yeah, that won't happen. Exactly. So the, the next extreme is that every school, every school in the United States that teachers are going to have to carry a gun. Now, the NRA is not going to say, hey, we don't want guns in our, our customers. To protect these kids because you will guard an armored truck with your money but you won't guard those precious babies say that you, again brother you say will that guard again. an armored truck with your money but you won't guard these precious babies mm. so society America we got to make some decisions because somebody's emailed me a list of all the schools that got massacred. It was about 212 since this yes. year began. It was from elementary to UNCC to so many. But I can tell you one thing. If every professor or every teacher in those buildings had a gun, they thought about it. Now, I'm not one to say guns and we should do it, but this is just one of those extremes that 
is going to come because we are not taking every gun from every citizen in America. That won't happen. We will have civil war. We will have civil war. An 18-year-old, think about this, that majority, 70%, I heard Jalen Rose say this on NBA Countdown, 70% of the people who were mass shooters in schools are 18 and younger. Mm -hmm. 70%, meaning something in the school system is failing. Now, I'm not blaming the teachers. Hear me clearly. If 70% of an undeveloped 18-year-old's mind, even a 20-year-old's mind, is going back to a school, whether he either went or he believes he was failed, Yes, is going to kill other students. To me, that's the mental part of it. These children didn't fail you. They're younger than you. Yeah. But him snapping all the way off and others, something in the schools which are built most like prisons. Have mm -hmm. you seen the construction of a lot of schools? Yeah. <clears throat> the color scheme, the shape is built similar to a prison. The way you got to walk down the hall, the way it's built inside. So sometimes certain schools, hear me clearly, audience, is a pathway to prison if you're not educating and elevating the young people to get their minds and their curriculum together like what this brother's doing, to let them see a future, not just algebra, trigonometry, geometry, and science. You have to let them see some potential because they may have pain at home. So now when these people get out of school and they get in the streets and they're allowed to buy semi-automatic weapons yeah. because of the Congress and the laws that are not passed to ban either these guns or not allow these people. I was talking to a good friend of mine, Ken, who said, maybe if we put the houses and the cost money that it will be lawsuits to the parents or the people who allow these people, 400000 to half a million dollars, you lose your house, your livelihood, because mm -hmm. of you allowing that child to get access to that, you didn't know it, too bad, you're responsible. Now, that's a stretch. And I know lawmakers will fight to they avoid fight that. But you got to be able to say, rather than shooting everybody up, we're in the wild, wild west right now. So if everybody's going to be armed and have to shoot everybody, somebody's still going to die. Because no matter what laws pass, some nut is still going to find an AR-15 and go out to get killing in a mall, in a school, in a church. And now everybody, the pastor got to be armed, the pew got to be armed. We got to be shopping with Glocks hanging on the side of our hip. Where does it stop? It, it won't stop. I mean, the internet is easy access. They change the algorithms on mm. on the Google and the Yahoo and all everything. The search engines of the algorithm has changed. That you can put terrorism and all this stuff come up. You mm -hmm. can put how to make a pipe gun and stuff come up. When we were going, when the internet just came out, it, the algorithms blocked a lot of this stuff. But because people make money and to have shows and to have followings of hate, mm. because I'm going to tell you this, there's, a, there's so many different levels of so-called bullying. You was bullied. Big time. Big time. Which is why I'm a martial artist for 49 Absolutely. years. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got your mind strong first and your body. Yes. Because you have to get your mind strong first. Because yes. you can you can dunk, but you can't play ball. You understand? So <laughs> it is what it is. I like that. I'm a bar that. So you got to get your mind strong first. And we're right. bullied. What they consider bullying now is not bullying. 
I don't think so. Maybe I'm just too old school. So me saying that, you know, I don't like your hairstyle. And bully is bullying is consistent teasing, ongoing. Somebody just saying it one or two times and not paying you no mind, it's not bullying. Okay. And I'm gonna go back to earlier when I said we have to learn to use our words. So if you feel like somebody is bullying you, you have to confront them. Mm. Verbally. Verbally. Now, did you tell anybody that you were so-called being bullied? So there's a lot of things that we have to teach. And that's what I said earlier, that programs like ours and others, that's wonderful around the country, needs to be in all schools. It should be yeah. part of their curriculum. You got to go to your mentoring. You've been to your, you've been to your mentoring class today? It's just like gym class. Budget. Yes, sir. Just like Jim. Yes. Yes. Matter yes. of fact, let's work on implementing that. As a matter of fact, you know the dozens back in the day. I know you signified. Oh, yeah. That oh, helped yeah. us from being the thought we were bullied. We got good at playing the dozens. Oh, yeah. So by the time we were snapping on somebody, we knew if his mother died, that's off limits. That's off but limits. everything else was fair game. Your shoes, yeah. your clothes, your girl, your hair. So oh, anybody my, tried to bully you verbally, that you were tough. But it yeah. made you tough mentally, so you didn't go around scared. I'm gonna go shoot him. He yeah. talked about my bad breath. Well, you do got bad breath, you know that, right? Yeah, yeah but you didn't have to tell me. <laughs> you need the listerine bubble gum, right? So you you have to be able to say, wait a minute. Now girls signify too. Yeah, they just had less of a comeback. They had feelings. We yeah. just had to get tough. Yeah. And I'm saying all of that, my brother. That's a good idea about implementing your mentoring program especially with young men and women. We need female mentors for the girls. Talk yes. about teen pregnancy, because we don't need that to just run wild. But if we can get these programs implemented, and maybe if he would have had somebody to talk to, because this clown yesterday shot his grandmother first. Once you do that, you already know his mind is gone. His no. grandfather said, if I would have known in Spanish, because I speak Spanish, I heard what he said, if I would have known he had access to a gun, I would have reported him. So he didn't have enough wherewithal to go to an uncle, a cousin, yeah. a brother, a mentor, and mm -hmm. say, I'm about to kill everybody in the spot. Yeah. So what happened, Brother Tim, is what we saw in the news last night. And guess what? You, I, and people like us have to be aware, and I'm sure your next teachable moment, if you didn't do it yet, you're going to tell the young people, see the incident like that? And you have to ask what their feelings are. Before we go deeper, I'm going to go to a quick break again because I know information like this deserves a two-hour show. However, we don't have that. But I'm going to go to a quick break, come back on the other side, wrap up that part. Then we want to talk about the boys to men and how you're elevating it. So even incidences like yesterday, young brothers like your mentoring will be able to verbalize it. So God forbid they encounter somebody, they can know how to handle it. We'll go to a quick break, come back with good brother Tim on the other side.
Hello, my name is Goma Marie Kondi. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified trauma counselor. And I am NPN TV. This edition of Social Therapy with me, your host, Brother Wali, and our good brother, Christopher Tim Fowler. On behalf of good Dr. Brother Suavewal Walker, who we know is handling business, everything's going to work out, brother. We got your back here, and oh, this good. platform was definitely needed. And I just wanted to wrap that up, uh, brother. I didn't want to just leave that subject hanging. I want any closing thoughts on what happened with that shooting and maybe how you're implementing a thought process with your uh, young mentees so they could see how to process that in the future because they're going to see it again, unfortunately. Well, just like I said, uh, just create uh, a safe space for those boys and the dialogue is open and they have our personal phone numbers. So from a parent to a, a teacher, anything, um, before COVID, we will go into their schools and sit down and have lunch with them and just let this just be in the cafeteria. And let me tell you, if you want to gain trust of a young man who have um, anger issues or anything, as a man, you walk into his school during lunchtime, the whole cafeteria is going to go like this. They're going to stop and they're going to want to know whose father is here, who's yep. in trouble. And I tell them, you coming in with that Chick-fil-A or McDonald's lunch bag and you sit there with them, that's it for him for the day. He's going to have a great day. He's going to have a great week. So before COVID, we all the mentors used to um, try to find time to eat lunch. And that's how you get, you have to gain these young men trust because that's what they feel. A lot of them feel abandoned. They, right. they, they father left the mother, and they feel like they left them. The mother has to go out to work. So she might have to do a double shift, or she might work second or third shift. So these boys have that abandonment feeling. So like me and you growing up, the gang, we was outside the house all day and all night. Their gang is the internet. The internet is their gang. So they find comfort in their video games, in the chat rooms of whatever chat room they feel like. So that young man yesterday, his gang probably was the internet. So mm. when he says, hey, I'm, I'm okay, or he's on his video game, he might not have been on a video game. He might have been in a, a room talking about school violence. Or how can he talked to a girl before that. Did you read that he was telling a girl what he was going to do? Mm -mm. He chatted to a girl and said, I got something to tell you. She goes, I'm busy right now. He says, hurry up. It's a secret. He basically was giving her cryptic information that he was losing his time here in his brain. And when he went out and did it, it was already over. Now, he, like you said, the Internet, the Web, the WWW is trapping our people. We went outside and play. Now yes. they're playing with each other. And these young people 
I believe, you know what a Manchurian candidate is, right? Mm -hmm. When somebody's programmed to kill. I don't want to be conspiratorial, but to me, when you're that young and you're that good with arms and body armor, you didn't just buy guns, you know, by body armor. Something has been talked to by somebody online how to use these tactical weapons, how to get away, even though he got killed. Before he was killed, one man killed 23 Right, we yeah. include his grandmother, and then he shot one of the sheriffs. So, yes. how did you get that skill to do that? And the same thing with the guy last week, and anybody who's trained to get into schools like Cho back in two thousand seven. The reason I'm saying that when people is out there training in these gun uh, ranges, I think everybody at a gun range should have a background check on them too, a mental evaluation. Because yeah. if you're coming to practice with the gun. Don't just stop them from buying the gun. Wait, we need to make sure who are you in here training with this, whatever you're training in. Yep. Yep. So those things, I think, brother, and I, and I wanted to ask you for that wrap up, because I think it's not as easy as saying this needs to be done. Yeah. Let's shoot yeah. them. Let's, it's too much information. It's too much. Your programs, yeah. my thoughts, my podcast, whatever, are just tips of the iceberg. But as long as we're doing our part, We got to just hope within the resources we have that everybody else doing their part will reach guys like him and others coming before they meet their eventual death. Because guess what, Tim? I'm with you. I'm the teachers. I'm the pastors. I'm the grocers. We can't just die and let that be the answer. Oh, Lord, let's pray again and have a vigil and be angry at congressmen. No. Let's try to use it mentally first. Help them. If that doesn't work, well, just like you go in the jungle, animals fight back. Sometimes the hunter is the hunted. And yeah. we got to make sure we let people know who may lose their stuff. Get your help because there's some wells for you. If you don't, you come this way. And, and we don't want that to sound like violence beget violence. But we don't want to be victims. We want to be victors. And I think the essence of elevating your mind is the first level of victory to be a better person, which leads me to ask you, how do you see the Boys to Men program, the the long term effects uh, outside of Charlotte, Brooklyn? I mean, do you have plans for an East Coast or national well, chapter of this? Well, I, I have plans to um, branch out to um, Charleston, South Carolina, Sarasota, mm-hmm. Florida, and Bradenton, Florida, and Orlando, Florida. So mm-hmm. we try to go the southern uh, part first, and then. Um, me and the board was actually talking about uh, Washington, D.C., the triad area of D.C. So those are the, the, the places that we're trying to um, um, branch out outside of um, Charlotte. What's the response? Wonderful. I mean, I, Wonderful. You, and I, I didn't touch bases because I, we do apprenticeship for the past seven years with Hendrix here in Charlotte. So we we using Hendrix as our um, our mother uh, and our collaborator because the boys work during the summer. The right. 14 to 17 year olds do apprenticeship. They don't get paid. And they work at Mercedes Benz, Lexus, Audi, and BMW. They are in all parts of the store. They're in sales. They're in marketing. They're in service. They're all over. We actually had two boys this past year get hired at BMW. That's good. BMW That's great. So these things 
they learn how to speak. They learn how to deal with other coaches. As I said, we they are at high-end stores. So they are learning how to intertwine with somebody and have a customer who's a millionaire that want to buy a Mercedes-Benz or a 745 or whatever car, and they learn it. They learn how to be a better communicator. And that's, right. the, that's that goal, to be a productive citizen, to contribute to society financially, build your family, build your wealth. So these are the things that we are working with um, Hendrix, and they have done a wonderful job. And this is when it's not a black or white thing. It's just a society trying to uplift somebody else. And that's the main thing with these young men that we try to do is, listen, it's not you against the world. And that's probably how that young man felt. It's not you against the world. So when you put them in different situations that they're not home, and I think you said it earlier, we was outside. So we, right. we not, I grew up, like I told you before, in that two or three block radius. Right. It took me until I went working outside the block to realize how much the world is big. So we take these boys everywhere. We take them out to dinner. We take them to plays. We take them to shows. So they're not stuck in the house. They're not on a block. So you got to take them out the block. You got to take them and, and throw so much culture at them that they don't want to be on the internet. And they realize, hey, what's going on the internet is not all true. Right. So when you go outside, hey, all black people don't sell drugs. All white people are, are, are you know, are not ignorant. So, and, and are not rich. Some people rich. have said they think white people all got the money and they don't. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This yeah. Appalachia, and we're not promoting that. We're saying all black people ain't poor, not on welfare. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to see what a deal he'll say in order to be a man. You got to see a man. Sometimes these young got to sit, see culture, see strength, black families. Of one of the things I can encourage you to do, my wife and I, I tried to get to go on tour with me. I've been with her 40 years come October. I try to get young people to be encouraged to be around couples who have had more than 25 years together yeah. to show that love is challenging. It ain't all peaches and cream. You're going to be challenged. But quitting ain't your first option. Anger, yelling, I'm going to get another woman. I'm going to turn her in for the new model. She gained weight. Wait a minute. Stop. Pause. How did your father do your mother? Was that the objective? Your father left your mother like that? And you're not being uh, egregious with that. You're saying, what did you see as imaging to where you think quitting is the first option? Yeah. So the cultural thing is a great elevator, I yeah. think. Like, let them see museums, plays. Let them talk about what they saw. Water, lake, not amusement parks. Mm -hmm. Take them to places where they can exercise not only their mind, their body, but maybe even talk about our ancestors spiritually know, hey, you know what tribe you probably came from? Read this book, Now Valley Civilization, whatever, by Tony Browder. They could read different elements. And I was a student of Dr. John Henry Clark in 1979, Hunter College. And I'm a graduate of Hunter College, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I know Mega Evisel. We hey, used look, to hang at you. Hey, look, Dr. Dr. Betty Shabazz was one of my um, professors. So, so you already you already oh, yeah. know. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, you have people like that, and that's why I get on the boys too. Because she used to tell me she did not like me using a lot of slang. Um, and people tease me here because I I say my the last letter of words, and it's just things was important, and and I did a year in Syracuse, but going to Meg Evans was a whole lot different. Those other professors in Syracuse let me slide because where I was from. The professor at Mega Evans did not let me slide because where I was from. So both had different reasons to let Infusions me slide. in your life. Yes. You know what I want you to do, Tim, for me? We got about two minutes. I want you to give out all your contact information. We need too many people that need to contact you, brother. Website, phone numbers, however they can reach you. Yes. Please give that out. You go to our website. It's boystomenfoundation.org. And all you can do, btmfoundation.org. Both will register. Um, phone number, 704-858-3700. Timothy.fowler at boysmenfoundation.org. All right, that's everything. You can find me. Thank goodness I'm not in, um, involved with the FBI or some, you know, legal. You're going to have people reaching out, including me. And what I want to do, bro, I'm going to reach out to you. I'm going to get your contact information from our producer here, okay. who's doing a great job, and Dr. Brothers. Well, we're going to collaborate because yes. you're in Charlotte now, right? Yes, sir. Right, yes, I'm in I'm in Stone Mountain, so we one state yeah, above. Yeah, yeah, you, you make that. yeah. I'm, we we yeah. number four five hours, right? That's it. That's it. We I actually want us to have an event coming um, June eighteenth um, in Georgia, Daddy, Daddy Day in the Park. So where at? It's going to be at the YMC, the Stratford Richardson YMCA here in Charlotte. Well, let's do this. You and I are going to collaborate offline, probably in the next forty eight hours. I want to give you some information. I want. The show producer to give you my podcast information. What I do, my show this week is called uh, A New Story in an Old Book. I'll get into it on the show. But this has been great. The social therapy I received from you, brother, you helped massage my mind because I'm glad to see young brothers doing what you do and continuing on the fight. Uh, I was big into it for a longer period of time, but you've been more consistent. And I appreciate that. Our Thank families you. appreciate it. We need this, brother. Don't you stop. No. I'm going to hold you to this. Is that okay? Hold me to it. Hold me and, to I, it. and hold me to mine, too. Because yes, we brothers got to see brothers like us mm. and uh, elevate themselves to be better than us. And maybe our world will be better for it. Maybe so. Maybe so. But I hope somebody listening and can understand that the magnitude what mentoring will do to um, young people in schools. So I hope somebody tell their legislator or whoever that, hey, somebody said that there should be mentoring programs in all schools and we should have a budget for that. So well, you know. We'll work on that, brother. Well, listen, on behalf of the good brother, Dr. Suave Walker, me, Brother Wali, our special guest, Mentor Supreme, Boys to Men founder, Christopher Tim Fowler. This has been an episodic elevated episode of social therapy i was pleasure to host thank you my brother thank, thank you. you family we love you there ain't nothing you can do about it like the good brother says and we'll see you next week on the other side thank you again my brother tim we're gonna stay in touch thank you peace my brother
Contributions to NPN TV from viewers like you.